Welcome to the Dojo, everyone. My name is Johnny B, your host. And with me, as always, is Ryan, the post Burke. But uh, also, if you, uh, if you try and text him, he's Ryan, the ghost Burke. He's the ghost post. He's celebrating Halloween early. <laughs> and then also, we have... Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know. He's not even the bone looker anymore. It's Alex Mackley. Now he's... Uh, not tin foil hat because it's not actual tin hat, Mackley. Exactly. They changed it to aluminum foil, which is just a very good uh, absorber of waves. You don't want to, the skin's better at blocking out the EM waves than aluminum foil. So if you're putting it on your head, you're actually like increasing your ability to receive those electromagnetic waves. Yes. Don't! Mathlete's Feet is the episode where the guest animator is Rick and Morty. Now, I know Rick and Morty is not an animator. It's a show, right? It's a little confusing because all the other ones we're going to talk about, they're going to be guest animators by name. Uh, and this one is the episode Mathlete's Feet. Uh, Rick and Morty did the uh, couch gag. And the executive producers, obviously, Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon. And uh, the company that does animation for Rick and Morty, which therefore did the animation for this couch gag, is Bardell Entertainment. And we're going to get into that, but just to say, this is a season 26-er, and it's episode 22. So Bardell is involved in the acquisitions, developments, productions, and distribution of animated programming. The studio is best known for animating Rick and Morty, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, TMNT, Cowbunga Dids, and the Dragon Prince. I am also a caller of dragons, so I, I feel a little... Be a little specific. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 2017. Bardell Entertainment Incorporated is a Canadian animation studio founded in Vancouver, British Columbia in 1987. The studio's name comes from its founders. Barry Ward. And his wife. I'm from Vancouver. Get it? The, it's, it's the first three letters of both their names. Bar Dell. I never liked that name. I never liked the name. Delna, I told you to be quiet. We're on a uh, podcast. Uh, oh, sorry to speak my mind. You the one who moved us to Vancouver. I wanted to stay in Queens. Well, um... A little side note, actually. So, um, Bardell Entertainment. Uh, they've also worked on Ren and Stimpy from Nickelodeon. The Magic School Bus from Scholastic. Uh, Our Real Monsters. They did storyboards for Classic Classic Jupo. Rugrats, they did storyboards with Classic Jupo. Uh, Brutal the Kid, film Roman. Uh, also known as doing the animation for The Simpsons. Uh, Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. Oh, 
William Street. Oh my God. Uh, Bob's Burgers, Bento Box Entertainment, uh, Space Jam, Warner Brothers, obviously, animation they did for that. Uh, and then A Crazy Night, Adam Sandler, I need, I need, I need, I need a drink. All right. So the next part, well, we talked about the uh, Bardell Entertainment because they really deserve the credit on this. You know, uh, uh, Dan Royland and, uh, or Dan Royland, Dan Harmon <laughs> and Justin Royland, they worked on the, um, the idea for it. And I think we actually have uh, a couple of questions for Justin Royland and um, uh, Matt Granin is also here to answer some questions as well. Hello, gentlemen. How are we doing? Uh, it's feeling pretty okay here. Um, yeah, um, I'm all right. All right. Well, uh, uh, I had a few questions for you, if you, if you don't mind answering them. Yeah, well, we're here, huh? Let's fucking go, guys. Um, what was the genesis of uh, the couch gag? All right, so like, I, I, I had this crazy idea of asking Matt and some of the folks over at The Simpsons if they would be interested in doing a DVD commentary on Rick and Morty. Because I, I had heard from Mike Laszlo over at Adult Swim. He's one of my buddies. Um, and a few other people that Matt was a huge fan of the show. I didn't even fucking believe it. Uh, but it turns out they do. Who, I guess it's trash, but people like trash. You're all trashy people over here. I don't know. But uh, the commentary track I did, I did, I did that for him. I mean, it led to an offer of the couch gag, which uh, immediately followed up on to see if we could, if that was, if they were being real or this, and they Matt, were. Matt, Matt, um, yeah. Uh, well, turns out, um, uh, I wasn't the only fan of uh, uh, on the Simpsons of Rick and Morty. Um, the animators on the show, uh, big fans, and all the writers as well. And uh, you know, we've never done a DVD commentary for. Um, uh, another show but uh you know we do dvd commentaries for every episode of the simpsons and uh everyone's pretty worn out but uh you know when um when the opportunity came to uh do one for rick and morty we said yes and um the rest is uh hollywood magic history justin what what was what was the process like can you can you give us a little inside scoop on that did you write the script or and like the simpsons kind of folks approved it well <laughs> Actually, Dan Dan Harmon, he did the, he did the first pass on the script. Now we're, we're in the thick of it, and like oh, I'm writing season two stuff, and he got swept away with Community. Fuck him. But so I, I I took the script and polished it. Like you know, you take a turd, you just rub it enough, and it becomes gold. He, that's all Dan does is throw me fucking shit. And I, I I I do all the real work. But uh, so I had to change a few things. And then we went to send the script off to Al, you know, Al Jean and Mr. Matt over here. And everyone had a Simpsons. It was, it was incredible, creatively free. I don't even got a single note from the guys. Uh, Matt? Uh, yeah, you yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we loved it. And, um, you know, Dan uh, really, you know, put a good body on it and uh, really gave uh, something to build off of. So when we saw it and uh, what, you know, Justin did do it. Uh, you know, we told him we didn't have any notes because we were honestly pretty scared of the guy. But the section of the show is called the couch gag, where we break all the rules of animation. We have uh, all the rules on The Simpsons. We break them. So it's 
it's all very surrealistic and and crazy. Uh, over the last several years, we've decided let's you know let's have some other animators take on The Simpsons, and you know Justin and Dan's take with Rick and Morty visiting The Simpsons probably uh, the most ambitious uh, and lengthy uh, couch gag we've done. Well, I didn't want to oversee our welcome, so I tried to make it tight and quick, but uh. Uh, originally, I wanted to hit around mid thirty, but then you just kept on creeping and creeping. You, <laughs> you guys know how I do. Fucking jelly mean. Uh, but uh, anyways, I did a lot of suck of time out of it. Believe it or not. Now, what'd you think of it? Yeah, I mean, I like I said. I mean, I I loved it. I'm, I mean, would I be a fool to sit here in front of this person that's talking like this in the microphone and say that I didn't? Right. <laughs> uh, so. I not only do The Simpsons, I have a lot of things going in my life. I have family, I have kids, and um, I'm uh, not here to ruffle any feathers. I'm not here to talk about flight logs, and I'm not here to talk about uh, how Justin asked me and my wife and children to come stay at his lake house. And when we got there, it was just him and not any other people from his family. It was, uh, but you know, you can certainly see where it's going. You know, the stuff that Dan sent me before was incredible, but except you might think something bad might happen to The Simpsons. Um, it plays like a mini episode. I mean, uh, what really makes me happy is to think of the diehard fans of Rick and Morty tuning in and having, hold on, I gotta read my notes, and having their minds blown. It really is an extension of your cartoon universe, and that we're part of it is really cool. We're also big fans. We're really big fans of uh, Justin Royland's writing and creative experience. I would be nothing, me, myself, Matt Groening, had it not been for Mr. Royland. And like we, we, we tried to pull in stuff from his other stuff, like Futurama, because, you know, aliens fucking exactly. And like Riddle Easter egg shit. But it's also the first thing anyone has seen of Rick and Morty since season one finished. And fuck, cool. Yeah, uh, actually, that was pretty cool. There were a lot of Easter eggs. Uh, you know, uh, we used to call them uh, freeze frame gags, but now, you know, they people just, you know, have it on a lot longer, so you don't have to freeze frame. So they kind of just bastardize our idea of things. But uh, they, they did have some different things in the background. And um, so where are you guys on season two? Are you guys going to be, like, leaving the Simpsons animation office in the next coming weeks? or? Well, yeah, we had, well, I already posted 206 from here. I'm just kind of put up my tent. I'm setting up shop here. And I don't think anyone's going to make me leave anytime soon. But we got 7, 8, 9, 10. We're still being animated in Bardell. In Canada, because Canada listens to us or else. But it's, we're past the curve. You can't even see us. We're getting close. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you guys really did it great. Um, we had such a uh, great luck with our guest animators. Um, no one's burned down the building. Uh, only one person has stole something, and that was, um, well, you. Uh, but we've had we've had Bill Plimpton, uh, John. Um, uh, the creative Ren and Stimpy. Uh, Guillermo del Toro storyboarded a Halloween episode sequence. Uh, probably one of the wildest things we ever done in the history of the series is one by uh, Banksy, uh, which I think, Ryan, you said that uh, you guys would be covering uh, more of the, the guest animators. I was uh, about to say the Doe Show is going to cover uh, del Toro and Bill and John in future episodes. Stay tuned. And uh, Banksy as well. Yes, yes. 
Well, the Banksy one was a little weird. It was hard to get, uh, you know, as the Simpsons, you know, it was hard to get past SMP. Uh, but then I came in and I just started yelling and things happened. Yeah, you were outside the building, but uh, so we, we couldn't get it past SMP. The Banksy one ended with the 20th, uh, 20th century Fox logo as a giant prison camp. And uh, apparently Fox wasn't big on airing that. So, uh, you know, just so, Justin, just so you know, you guys are in real good company. You're at the bottom of the list, but good company. Dan's a good guy, though. Another question for you, too. Um, how, you mentioned you're, you're in different studios now. How, how did it work being in different studios to create this couch gag? Uh, we, we declared on a site over here. So we got uh, some assets provided to us from, uh, what's those guys, Film Roman? Uh, then we let uh, our homegirl Nikki over there. She helped us out. But uh, then we, uh, we, we, we I, I like to stumble and we, we put everything together on our side. I just threw it at my people and was like, make this happen. And I just I went to the fucking bar. And we, I don't know who did any of it, but the Simpsons guys did something. Uh, we pretty much left it to the animator. I was like, I don't need to do anything. This is your fucking job. And uh, we put together the gag and it came through. And uh, it was a fairly finished piece. They, they plug into the show and mix into the show. It was super easy. I didn't have to do anything. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the most remarkable things is, the, um, Justin, the fact that you do the voices of both Rick and Morty while never being in the studio and just being completely, uh, are you on hard drugs or is it just hard alcohol? Uh, I'm, I'm impressed. Honestly, I'm impressed. If, if it's not hard, I don't want to be anywhere around it. I'm not an easy guy. Okay. Well, I mean, um, on the Simpsons, we have, uh, you know, obviously voice actors who play against themselves as most multiple characters, but I mean, that's basically your whole show. Uh, do you record separately or do you, uh, go back and forth? So yeah, they, I, they I, people give me a script and they tell me, "Hey, we need you to say this," and I'm just like, I, "I'm gonna say it," but then I just say whatever I want and make them fucking deal with it later. It's called uh, there's some type of term for it, uh, retrograde animation or something like that. Pretty much, it means I'm just not willing or able to listen to people, and I force them to do things based around what I want, and it's how I know that I'm doing good, but um. So yeah, I, I did that on the couch gag for sure. We had this nice thing written, a whole bunch of people contributed to it. It was a big group project. I just came in and ruined it. I was like, yeah, okay, but this is what I'm going to say. And they were like, after like 2,500 takes, they were like, well, he's not going to do nothing else but this. So then they're just like, well, there's a, we're going to do it. And I threw out some different bitches. I just kept on saying different shit and they just made them figure it out there on there. And that's, that's the creative process, right? Post guy over here knows it. All right. Well, um, thank you too for your time. I appreciate the uh, the answers to the questions in great detail. The previous segment was a comedic retelling of a interview done in the Hollywood Reporter. And we'll be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by Spliff Society. Spliff Society makes 100% all-natural hand-rolled palm wraps for the best smoking experience possible. No tobacco, no chemicals, no bullshit. Why mess with those funky fillies when you could be smoking loud out of a goji berry cone sourced from the foothills of the Himalayan mountains? Maybe you prefer cocoa, maybe sage. 
Maybe you want to be a high roller and smoke out of a lotus or a rose petal cone. With so many sizes and styles and flavors, you can't go wrong with Spliff Society. But wait, there's more. Every cone comes in a beautiful and functional glass tube so you can keep your product safe and use the cork stopper if your session needs to be cut short with no mess. Find Spliff Society links in our show notes. And as a special gift to our listeners, use code DOSHOW, that's D-O-H-S-H-O-W, at checkout for 10% off your entire order. And enjoy Spliff Society, premium products for premium smokers. All right, and we're back with the Doe Show, and we're now talking about the gag itself. We're talking about the couch gag, the Rick and Morty couch gag. So it starts off classic. The Simpsons rush in and sit on the couch as normal, any, as any other couch gag goes. And suddenly, a space cruiser, which if you're a fan of Rick and Morty, you're well accustomed to, made out of trash, crashes in through the wall. The Simpsons are screaming as they're reduced to just yellow smears of goo on the ground, uh, all across the room even. And Rick and Morty get out, uh, the ship freaking out over what they have done. Uh, at this point, we see that Morty was driving the space cruiser and that Rick was the passenger. Rick then pins all the blame on Morty as Morty runs around in guilt, freaking out as usual. <laughs> yeah. Rick scoops up the remains of the family, puts it in a little file, gives it to Morty along with the uh, famous family, family portrait. Uh, he uses then his famous portal gun, the big green goop. <laughs> Which is stolen from Stargate. To open the portal to another dimension, sends Morty through it, telling him to go to a specific address to get the family clone. Morty enters the portal and follows the directions given uh, to him. Yes. Given to him by Rick. And uh, meanwhile, while Morty's in a different world, freaking the fuck out, uh, Rick starts raiding the Simpsons house. He's eating a uh, classic Simpsons donut, and he's drinking some Duff beer. And uh, as soon as he grabs the Duff beer from the fridge, he cracks it open, he takes a drink, and he goes, and then he pours a bunch of liquor into it, um, just so, you know, it can be on his level. But uh, Morty goes to the address and he gives the alien working at, uh, at the store the vial of the Simpsons goo and the pitcher. And then the alien, I think, goes, Marshall, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and then after that, so Rick uh, is going into Homer and Marge's room and he's got a bunch of shit in his pockets because he's stealing a bunch of stuff from the house. He's got a crusty uh, doll from Bart's room and. Uh, a bunch of different stuff. Uh, he finds Marge's, Marge's pearls. Yeah, Marge's pearls tries them on, and then the uh, DNA from the vial uh, where Morty is is plugged into a copying machine, and um, it's it's filling up, and it goes into a bottle, and then they take that bottle and they inject it into a large like bison-like alien creature, I guess. Yeah, that'd be the closest like analogy from here on Earth. But then, so, uh, as this is happening, Ned Flanders walks into the house, and he's like, Hadley doodly. Hadley doodly. Oh, what a big mess of desily. And then he's like, <laughs> looking at the spaceship, and then he notices Rick, and he's like, wait, you're not Homer. And then Rick, annoyed, is like, meh, bats him with his freeze ray, and it uh, freezes him up, and so then he becomes frozen in a little block of ice. 
And then he grabs Lisa's saxophone and just starts making noises out of it. And then it uh, like flashes back to where Morty is in the alien bison area is thing. pushing yeah thing is pushing eggs out of its snout or they yeah, confirmed mouth. eggs though uh pods let's just call them pods we'll, we'll call them podcasts. Pods. spheres <laughs> they weren't um, spheres no they were they more were, oval okay. they're they're okay. ovular ovular like spherical egg See, pods regardless uh he picks these up morty morty picks them up and returns to the simpsons dimension to give them to rick Rick dumps them all back on the couch. They kind of like stumble around. And then he goes to the thermostat, turns it up to like 110 degrees. You got to you gotta not ferment. What do you have to incubate? Them? Incubate. Incubation, incubation temperature. Yes. And um, the not eggs. But if we're incubating, are we sure they're not eggs? Anyway. Well, listen, <laughs> many, many, many Johnny is not the shapes. expert of biology here. This is I'm Many ovular eggs. shapes can be incubated, okay? All right, all right. So anyway, it's from another dimension. The incubated ovular-shaped things start hatching into the Simpsons. However, they all end up being deformed versions of Rick with kind of his skin and hair. Weird hybrid court-type organisms. They're horrifying. His bad belching habits, which just, which just says that, like, uh, alcoholism is hereditary. <laughs> 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 Uh, so that, uh, you know, Rick gives Morty a tip. He's like, ah, Morty, never cleave your DNA vials with your own saliva. And then uh, he takes his bag of stolen things from the Simpsons, and he and Morty get back into their trash cruiser with Rick driving this time, uh, and uh, they fly off with uh, them killing Flanders in the process by knocking over his frozen body and causing it to shatter into a million little Flanders pieces. And then the mutated version of Bart then moans, no more guest animators, man. Breaking the fourth wall and ending the gag. All right, guys, and that's been it for another episode of The Doe Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to find us online, go ahead and search The Doe Show on most platforms. Some of them it might be The Doe Show, a Simpsons-ish podcast. If you want to find us on Facebook, in our group, in our community, that's The Doe Show, a Simpsons-ish podcast. Instagram is The Doe Show. Come and find us and uh, hang out with us online, and I guess we'll see you next time. <laughs>